0: Welcome to Creating Dangerously. Our name is taken from the Albert Camus 1957 lecture, Create Dangerously, where he said, To create today is to create dangerously. Any publication is an act, and that act exposes one to the passion of an age that forgives nothing. In Creating Dangerously, we look back at those who have created dangerously to those who continue to do so today in an age that still forgives nothing. I'm your host, Skip Shea. So let's create dangerously. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Skip Shea. I'm the executive director of the Shauna Shea uh Foundation. Um and we're we're a rather busy uh group of people. It, it's um the Shauna Foundation has a lot, a lot of um, programs going on. We have First, we have the the local scholarships in in Uxbridge and Southbridge, Massachusetts. We have um, two film festivals, the Sean Shea Film Festival and the Massachusetts Independent Film Festival. We have a Woman in Film Fellowship. We have uh, uh, an artist mini grant. We have uh, Underground Wednesdays, which is uh, the the third Wednesday, third or fourth Wednesday of every month. We show um, underground films at Starlight in Southbridge. We have the uh, library poetry tour, where um, you know poets read uh, in both Oxford uh, and Milford in their libraries, um, and so we're we're very busy and very small. So a while ago, when we decided we were going to do a podcast, um, we uh, didn't anticipate that that we had all these other things going on that were always pressing because there were dates that each each thing would happen so we have a bunch of podcasts recorded and we have a bunch of interviews recorded uh and we have not released it yet so we're about to release it now and in doing so we thought we would uh being october um do one that, that was that had more to do with horror uh horror movies than anything else so i'm be joined as i will be joined all the time um on the creating dangerously podcast named after an Albert Camus. Um, lecture, Um, I will be joined by uh, Andrew uh, Wolanin, an independent filmmaker, Uh, and I'll be joined by with Patrick Bracken, who is um, uh, uh, an actor of of theater and and film, and also one of the programmers of the both film festivals and the host of both film festivals and the host of Underground Wednesdays with me. So a very busy person. We'll also be joined at times with uh uh, the poet laureate of the shauna foundation tony brown we will be discussing poetry i'll also be doing interviews uh well eventually i think we'll all be doing interviews but initially i'll be doing interviews and with the likes of uh, adam mckay which we've already recorded so uh as things have slowed down and now we can actually focus a little bit on the um, podcast um, we're going to dive right into um, the one about halloween and horror movies uh but we're gonna call this episode zero because episode one's already been recorded uh and episode one will be a much uh more in-depth uh discussion of what creating dangerously is all about but for now we just thought we'd start with a little fun so enjoy a little obscure horror discussion thanks And, and here we are uh, on, I'm going to say, I'm going to call this episode zero of Creating Dangerously because we haven't released episode one yet, uh, which we recorded a long time ago as part of the, uh, uh, this is a, a part of the Shauna Foundation, Shauna Ishe e. Memorial Foundation. This is one of the, the programs and we have a lot of programs and uh, just a few volunteers so getting everything done in in a timely manner uh doesn't exist so this is is episode zero and if people want to know more about us you'll learn about it us all in episode one which will be coming out after this one and maybe we should call this episode monster zero because this is all about (laughs) uh uh it's october and and horror films and obviously that's a monster verse Reference, and I'm probably sure we're not talking about any of Godzilla or, or King Kong here, uh, or maybe I don't know. Let's um, see. Oh, oh, wait a minute, uh, <laughs> we're not <laughs> well, okay. So, here's my obscure Killer. here's my obscure <laughs> me, Godzilla. Um, <laughs> so because it's October and Halloween time, uh, we thought we would uh, do a quick podcast. uh on uh obscure horror films but um but then i started thinking what obscure to who i mean if if you're a hardcore horror fan i don't think anything is obscure to them you know they'll say oh everybody knows that um because they can behave that way um and then if it's just a general audience i think that that you know they and you know something like i consider you know huge and classic like the wicker man they might not even know um so so what's obscure have you guys have any thoughts on that
1: i was sort of oh. defining it as things that the usual casual audience might not have seen um but then i discovered as i started digging in i was like well the brattle shows that all the time why would i call that obscure you know so it's it is it's tricky it's a really fine line
2: yeah, I ended up going as as you'll see in a moment a lot on the the foreign film route. Uh just on just thinking about uh American tastes and and uh how a lot of American audiences don't expose themselves to to foreign films. Um but it was it was tough because a lot of the films I I picked are are famous as as you said skip in horror circles um and so it it, it was a challenge to find things that might be considered obscure yeah
0: it, it is i mean and i think i mean it seems like every year uh somebody says oh my god look horror is big this year um and it's big every year there isn't a year that that it's not big uh and lately you know um I'm a sucker and I will get into it later for folk horror, but I'm sure more, I don't think Midsummer is, is obscure. (laughs) Um, That, you know, that that's, you know, I, I think it's, you know, even the director's cut is what, 171 minutes long, uh, which is the length of Martin Scorsese's credits these days. Um, (laughs) um, But uh, so that's, that's not obscure, but then there's that, that phrase, everyone likes it because it's it's elevated horror um which is uh, you know ele- elevated above what um that's what i always want you know it, uh, it's it's um and i think that's why horror kind of fits into the the creating dangerously thing because if if someone who a non-horror fan likes it it has to be elevated because the rest of the, the horror movies are trash uh to them so this 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 is high art because i like it um i blame 824 for a lot of this um but, but
1: their uh, movies are so good
0: yes no they are but you know <laughs> so what um what's you know it, it, it's still horror um so you know i don't know if you have there, there is some aware there's always awareness of horror you know and and elevated. I mean I just I just finished watching um the fall of the House of Usher on on Netflix, which I really liked. Um, you know so uh, everyone's read Poe you know is that is that <laughs> is that elevated literature? you know what is I don't understand how any of that works. Um, but I think I don't think I have any elevated horror in my three picks
2: um so let's start you might call my three picks exclusively elevated horror so we can talk about that as we get there exclusively (laughs) elevated yeah and we can talk about well so uh, i am not a huge horror fan uh so so, uh, i mean i like horror um but i tend to when I when I watch horror, I gravitate towards the things that feel real. Um, you know, the the more grounded it is in actual human behavior, the more terrifying I find it. And I think because of that, the the films I've picked feel elevated, just because they're. Uh, you know the stories are somewhat grounded in reality uh the acting is very low-key um i don't know if that's the best definition of elevated horror but um that's that's kind of how i see it
0: well, I, I i and one thing any- i want okay oh, <laughs> i just see any definition of elevated horror
2: is bullshit but um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you just mentioned it and I've looked at my list and I'm like, oh I wonder if he would think all of these are elevated horror but
0: so, some people would I think horror uh-huh. is horror. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think there's one level above another um but mm-hmm. I I'm... I tend to
1: I tend to have a, a my taste in horror tends to be what some people would consider bordering on um, fantasy or or um, thrillers. But I think to Skip's point, horror is horror. If you find it scary, it's scary,
0: you know. And and does horror? That's then you get into what is horror. Does horror have to be scary? Because um, mm. there's know. also
1: comedy horror, and... right?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned The Wicker Man. I I don't know where to put that. I I didn't. <laughs> that's not scary. It's a musical mm-hmm. in some ways. <laughs> um, I, I I just i love it police drama it's a police drama right (laughs) um it's so i'm i'm horror has it also has very funny because it's it's a different almost definition to everyone um so so it's hard to say what is horror because i'm looking at mine and uh i don't the my second pick isn't very scary at all um but but it's horror so, who wants to start?
2: Yeah, as I said, I tend to gravitate towards things that could, that feel like they could really happen. I find that particularly terrifying and probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. The movie that, that still to this day gives me nightmares is George Slyzer's The Banishing. Uh, this, this is a, a film uh, that the, the, the lead. The the villain of the piece could not be more ordinary. It's perfect casting. He's not particularly handsome, but he's not particularly ugly. He uh outwardly just acts totally normally. He's a family man, uh, but he's a sociopath. And the the things that happen in the film are terrifying because he's so ordinary, because you could be walking down the street past this man and not realize you, you're you in the presence of, of someone who's capable of just horrific acts. Um, it's uh, I, I just found it incredibly suspenseful. It, it keeps you guessing until the end. Uh, if you're gonna watch it, please watch the original Dutch version. Don't watch the American remake done by the same director, where he basically takes everything that was good about his original film and um, turns it on its head. And it's, for instance, the villain is played by Jeff Bridges, who is both handsome and hams it up, hams up the villainy. Uh, So uh, in terms of my list, that's the most terrifying film for me is, is The Vanishing, just because here's something that that could actually happen.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty dreadful too. I mean, it, it, the mm-hmm. there's there's uh, at the end of it the 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 first time I saw that at the end of it I just sat there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um like what do you do? Uh I mean, it was mm-hmm. just brutal. Um and I would say yeah, I I guess you could call that elevated because Criterion has released it so <laughs> <laughs> must be um no, that's a great pick. That's mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, I, I love that movie. Andrea?
1: So my first one used to be obscure, but hasn't, has become less obscure in recent years. Um, and it was The Devils by Ken Russell. And I think saying Ken Russell is not obscure is fair, but you literally could not get a good print of The Devils for probably, I've I've been living off a VHS copy of it until Shudder put it out two, three years ago, four years ago, the pandemic messed me up. I don't know. Um, But I love that movie. Um, First of all, I consider it horror. I consider a lot of Ken Russell's work horror because it's about how our minds are not necessarily a lot of his films are about how our minds are not necessarily honest, how our own brains are our own unreliable narrators. Right. Right. Like You can't believe uh, you can't believe your own memories, right? And that's what a lot of his pieces are about, or you can't believe your own thoughts. And this one is amazing because it's Vanessa Redgrave um, falls in love with a priest. She's a nun. She falls in love with a priest and uh, will stop at nothing to bring him down once he basically rejects her. And it's amazing. It is um, creepy. It is gross. It is surreal. Um, it is hilarious at times, and I I just I love it. The first time I saw it, I was just like, oh oh, this is it. This is the thing that I I like. And um, you can get it on Shutter now. Um, I've heard it's a good print. I still live off my VHS version because I don't want to pay ten bucks a month, um, or however much a month. <laughs> uh, but I highly recommend it if you have not watched it yet.
0: Yes, Vanessa Redgrave reminded me of my first grade teacher in that.
1: Aww, <laughs> did your first grade teacher have a little something I, I, on her shoulder?
0: Yeah, well, every nun does. I think. Oh, oh, I, yeah, that's I, fair. I, I think that's required. Uh, you know, I'm falling in love with a, a an emoting Oliver Reed is what everyone wants. I to mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's redundant saying emoting Oliver Reed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say, my elementary school principal, Sister Dorothea, did not have a little hunchback. But um, I think there were plenty others in my school who made up for that.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh, no, that that's a great pick. Ken Ken Russell. I mean, is Ken Russell? Uh, I mean, who uh, a known name now? Still, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. Altered
1: States is known,
0: right? That, right. I would say that Altered States would be. But
1: like- I, you know, and I have, and I think The Devils is better known now. But like, I own Salome's Last Dance. And that's not even available on a real DVD. I had to buy a bootleg of that. Right. You know, and that's another one about manipulation and our own egos and ids getting in the way of what's right and good and good for us. So
0: he was a perfect director for Tommy, I think.
1: Mm, Oh yeah, that too. I forget forget about that. I I always forget about that.
2: (laughs) I thought that was a good pick for an obscure horror film, uh, because that was literally the first one that came to mind. Yeah, I, I, I think in the eighties, um, you know, I remember going to my friend's house and watching Lair mm. of the White Worm. And, <laughs> um, the, the name's escaping me. The one he did right before that with Mary Shelley. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't think of it now, but uh, I I think he was better known then uh, in the eighties. I think yeah. he's kind of. He's not the, the first name people talk about when when people talk about horror. It's you know John Carpenter, Wes Craven, mm, yeah, even, uh you know uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Uh so I, I think that w- that's a good pick and I think people should check out his films more now. They, they have a very surreal quality to them.
0: Yeah, and and I and I think we 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 are missing a lot of surreal quality. Uh, you know, when, mm-hmm. when when some movies come out that is surreal, everyone you know freaks out. But it was it was you know saying how great it is, and it used to be kind of normal, I think, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Said, mm-hmm. The, said the old man. Um,
1: <laughs> I think it's it's you know I think there's there's much more of a magical realism to his work. Um, I think I remember in um, high school, a teacher told me you can't call it magical realism if the person is not from a magical culture, but I still think his films are magical, have an element of magical realism to them that I I think is what I love and what I aspire to as a filmmaker is that element of just because, you know, like a Guillermo del Toro film, like just because it's not real to people around that person doesn't mean it's not real to that person in that
2: moment. Yeah, speaking of Guillermo del Toro, the assignment was obscure, and that's why Pan's Labyrinth isn't on my list.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not. Ob- I was also. I don't yeah, that. I, did-
2: I was also wondering that the teacher that told you that definition of magical realism did they also have a definition for elevated horror?
1: <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. I don't think that was a thing yet. Then.
2: Oh,
0: okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Some some critic hadn't made that up yet. So. <laughs> Uh, or so or market somebody maybe that was marketing maybe that was a marketing ploy i don't know either way so <laughs> so uh my pick and i if i'm looking up it's because i'm looking at my notes um i picked uh a 1963 italian film the the virgin of nuremberg or as it was known here horror castle uh antonio Margarete directed it um or here he was known as anthony dawson um and it it was it's a gothic horror italian horror film and i think um uh, the the gothic italian horror films never get enough uh, love because everyone goes to giallo and or extreme movies or cannibal movies um and and i i love the early 60s uh goth gothic horror and this one um it takes place in the castle, obviously, and and it's uh, a woman and her husband moved back to the family's old castle, and suddenly uh, there was an old executioner there, like back in the days of the Inquisition, and people are slowly being murdered that way. And this is, this is post-World War II, so it's even post-World War II in the castle. And I picked it because for some reason, and I believe I was home from school, 10 years old. Uh, and it was on I don't know what channel this was on and at this point I had already seen probably all the universal horror films and there's a scene in this movie where they put a cage over a woman's head and on the other side of it is a starving rat and they pull it out and it attacks her face and I'm 10 years old going what the hell is this it, it redefined what horror was for me I could not believe what I was saying I I own it now and it is the cheesiest thing you you would <laughs> ever seen because as we know rats love cheese um it was it was thank you very much it was um but it was amazing to me then and 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 it was my introduction to Christopher Lee he was in it um mm-hmm. so it it's it's a great movie uh it's totally cheesy um but it it it, it made me you know start to look at the i always read the the um the ads in, in the newspapers for for you know what it was playing at the cinema and now i'm looking at mark of the devil you know where they give you the barf barf bag when you leave because i'm thinking <laughs> oh it's got to be like that movie i just saw on, on tv i need <laughs> to see more of that um
1: and i'm it, so it, excited for little skip right now yes, his I, journey.
0: it was it was incredible it was uh i i it took me years to finally find find it and when i did it, i was um i was not disappointed even though it was weird and cheesy um and it's available on prime right now so if
1: anyone, <laughs> i'm know, in obscure
0: anyone, <laughs> anyone, so it, it, you know how obscure could it be if like you know it was on tv then i don't know um but but it was very it, it's a strange fun movie and and, and Margaretti, let's see i mean he did what else did he do he, he he did a lot of um uh he did the long hair of death which was great castle of blood which is great all all the, the gothic horror films and and th- that started to go out of style so you know because of giallo and cannibal films so then he eventually made uh cannibal apocalypse which is
1: ah oh, ah uh, 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 yes uh,
0: and with john saxon who is like probably mm-hmm. one of the greatest b and b film actors ever um he was in in cannibal uh apocalypse yeah no that's i mean that's it's a cannibal movie do you know it's it's <laughs> it's like all of it's not like all of the italian cannibal uh films but it, it it's it's up there
2: i think i recognize the name anthony dawson from maybe some hercules films of the, well, of, of as the a film. matter
0: of fact uh no um, <laughs> as a matter of fact you're wrong uh, I, I, well no you may be right because but i knew i had hercules up on my notes but that's because uh uh rosanna podesta who was, who was the heroine in um in uh horror castle of the virgin at nuremberg um was in hercules in 1983 which was directed by our good friend luigi cosy
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so but maybe i mean he probably did some hercules stuff too um but uh, but he eventually he eventually I don't, know, I don't know if it's him or if I'm thinking of somebody I'm thinking of this guy over here. Um, but he he's I think he's one of the the lesser known Italian uh, horror directors that I think more more people should should be aware of because everyone, you know, Starrio Argento and Fulci and mm. who, who, whose names could they be obscure you. to people listening for all I know.
1: Yeah. Well, a question I had is, was this on on um, cable? When you
0: watch this, it or was didn't that have not... cable. There, there I was, was gonna no say this was... was it
1: not cable yet, yeah. Because I feel on... like
0: I honestly I think and, and I don't know why, because it can't be. Um, but I have this feeling it was like on PBS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's totally possible because they get um they buy film packages, so they'll have random ones in there. Like they had invasion of the body snatchers for a while. They were showing the 78 one. Um, I think 78. Yeah. But uh I was going to say, because I feel like the advent of cable, um, when they were trying to show movies all the time, before they were into con- all being content creators, you could see the wildest stuff that way. And that's why you have like, I feel like elder millennials and um young Gen X tend to have these like really weird movies that nobody else has heard of because they were having insomnia one night. Or they yep. got up really early, and they were like, "Anyway, then I watched this animation called Wizards while I ate my breakfast Cheerios, and here we are today. I'm obsessed with Ralph Bakshi, so
0: yeah, I'm pretty not sure that that's an
1: example from real life, but
0: it is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I, this was probably like 1969 or 1970 when 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 I watched this, so there was no cable.
1: That's so interesting. Hmm. Yeah, now I'm curious.
2: Yeah. I and I, By I, way, I looked. Up. I looked up the director. I, I realized where I know him from. Uh, he did a movie in the early 80s called Your Hunter from the Future, which I will save that for our cheesy science fiction movie episode.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, I'm he, already excited.
0: He fits into <laughs> to two of them. He's a genius. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, Patrick, are you up for number two.
2: Yeah, um, I'm now embarrassed about my pick for number two, because it's also in the Criterion collection. (laughs) Uh, But this one may be one of the more controversial picks, because um, this would definitely be on the outer edges of what's considered horror. And that's uh, Tom Haynes' Safe, with uh, Julianne Moore, who is a suburban housewife, who just becomes allergic to her environment and uh she finds a community of people all suffering from the same illness ends up being kind of cult-like um and it's it's just extremely subtle i i don't even remember if there's i know there's no violence i don't even remember if anybody dies but uh Julian Moore's character just gets increasingly isolated and you really feel like the mechanisms of a cult working. and the final shot is um at, almost as bleak as the vanishing without uh well I, I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to give away the ending of the vanishing. but it's it's um it's it's a terrifying film, but really on the outer edges of what you would consider horror.
0: I, I don't know that it's that far in the outer edges again cuz i don't know what horror it is but 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 it's definitely unsettling and mm-hmm. and i think that, that that's a key comp- component to horror to good horror to elevated mm-hmm. horror um i <laughs> i think it's uh, i i and i again there, there was that dread <laughs> uh feeling um yeah which I think is also a a, a good component for it. No, that I think that's a solid pick.
1: I feel like I I I feel like there's certain things that can be horror to the right person in the right time, right? Like the movie, I feel like now this would be defined even more as horror, knowing what we know. But I feel like the movie Kids is a horror movie <laughs> in some ways. Like I saw that. I saw that movie when I was thinking of having sex for the first time with my second boyfriend. (laughs) And can I tell you that poor boy never got any, because I was (laughs) like, (laughs) kids warned me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's an amazing movie, but I feel like it's so horrific when we look at it from the lens of 2023, we're like, what were they doing with these children in Mm. this movie? Beyond the horror of what actually was happening and the horror of the actual script, but the horror of how that movie was made and who made it. Um, you know, and I and I don't think anybody would classify that as horror, but when you think about it, it's pretty freaking horrific. It is. So I think it depends on who's watching it, when they're watching it, and then what we know, you know, also.
0: True. So is is that your second pick?
1: Kids? No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's not obscure you both nodded when i said it um though you both did when i said the devils okay so my i have second the devils pick, over there yeah uh my second pick is also on the border of horror um day of the locust with donald sutherland this one's on arrow video so obscure ish um I found I the first time I saw this is the only movie I've ever watched where I had a full-blown panic attack at during the final sequence of this film. Um and so I have uh, and I think a lot of people do, I have a really hard time dealing with secondhand humiliation. Um in films, so if I see a character being humiliated or I know they're being set up to be humiliated I get like very tense and um, this entire movie is, they don't call it this in the movie, but a man on the spectrum being taken advantage of and humiliated by a group of hippies. Um, And then something happens at the end. And uh, the ending of this movie is, it is, it is also sort of like a mumble core film in some ways where it's a lot of like parlor room discussions and embarrassing and and discomfort. Um, but the end is very big and very scary. Um, and it, it it's scary almost because it's overwhelming. Um, it overwhelms you with what's happening in the moment. And there's also some very gruesome things that occur. Um, but I I have literally, like, I had the shakes after watching this the first time. And I've only met two people in my life who have also seen it. So I figured it was obscure and worthy of our discussion today. <laughs>
0: Oh, totally, and I I can't. I think I've only seen it once, and I think it was ages mm-hmm. ago. So now yeah. I need I need to revisit it. Um,
1: it's on Arrow Video, apparently. So,
0: yeah, and yeah, another one of the. Uh, 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 that's actually uh, <laughs> not that we're plugging anyone here, but uh, yeah. Arrow is is a great Aver, yeah. uh, Arrow Severin. There are some really good companies yeah. out there for these movies. Yeah,
1: I just like letting people know where they can watch the horrible yeah. thing that I've told them to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it's a great pick. I've heard of the movie, but I've never mm-hmm. seen it. But it makes a me lot. think about just how how effective 70s horror still is today, mm-hmm. and particularly Donald Sutherland in 70s horror.
1: Donald Sutherland well, I, is the most terrifying man ever, and nobody mm-hmm. can change my mind.
2: <laughs> I thought about uh, Don't Look Now for this list. I didn't think it was obscure enough, but um, yeah, definitely he... he uh, uh, something about his look, the way he behaves, it adds to the creepiness factor. Even yeah. if he isn't the the creepy guy in the in the film.
1: I so I watched Dave the Locust, and then the next Donald Sutherland movie I saw after that was 1900, where he is a pedophile, and um, <laughs> crushes his victims' heads so that they can't report him. Um, and then is also a communist, like fat cat. In it like not good communist leader he's like the local <laughs> party leader who crushes everybody under his boot and that was it like you can show me animal house all you want now i'm like that man is evil and i don't care what you tell me
0: <laughs> so i think my, he's my first canadian <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. i think my first exposure to him uh was uh an accident with my parents at a drive-in in the cape i saw mash um, <laughs> oh
1: i do like mash i do I, I, like I was MASH. very
0: young then um so i didn't quite understand everything that yeah. was going on um but it was the second <laughs> film at, at the drive-in i can't i think i think we went to see Patton, which was yay that was fun for <laughs> <laughs> i love the
1: idea of them taking you to see Patton at yeah, like well, five this, yeah <laughs> well no
0: it's probably probably more like 10 again this is 10 okay. or 11 okay. um i'm 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 older than you think, apparently. Um, but uh, no, I love Donald Sutherland, and 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 uh, he 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 is he is creepy. But but don't I, look now, I, I I would I thought of that as well. That is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Period. Um, and I haven't
1: it, seen it because Donald Sutherland.
0: You haven't seen it? No. <laughs> oh, that that's um.
1: I avoid Donald Sutherland movies now. <laughs>
0: i think you should watch it because you might you might okay. like how it ends um okay uh <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> well it, it well the funny thing is and and I'm, i'll say this because this is um uh you know part part of the 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 shauna foundation and obviously this is is this is uh you know because i you know we we lost shauna our, our daughter and um and it, it's one of those grieving parent movies that in a lot of ways, I believe, gets it right. A lot of them don't get it right. Um, uh, and and it, it, I used to scoff at films like that where, where it was always the man just dives into work um, to avoid grieving. Uh, and the mom grieves and looks looks for answers. And then ultimately, I realized that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um so oh that is kind of how it goes um so and and i think that that's more of a reflection on society where a man can't really show uh emotions so they have to hide it by by you know being busy um yeah
1: toxic masculinity yes finest yeah right?
0: it's what we're it's what we're taught i uh, um so i i i really love the movie for that and but i it, it's it's the editing in don't look now um uh, uh the the you know the way it messes with timelines uh is is it, it makes it really one of my all-time favorite movies and that and it's actually one of the movies that inspired me to to go on and and make some movies it it both uh informed how i made trinity and seeds
1: yeah. oh, interesting see okay now i have to watch it
0: <laughs> great movie so am i up now
1: Yes, you are. If, yeah, that, yeah, if yeah. that wasn't your second, then
0: yeah. No, it was not. Uh, my second is Eye of the Devil, a British movie. So I'm going like Patrick. I'm doing uh, a lot of foreign films. Now, now uh, because I mentioned my love for for folk horror, uh, I, I believe I, I don't know when folk horror started, but uh, uh, the Witchmaster General seems to be the one that everybody points to, and that was in 1968. I uh, Have the Devil came out in 1967, and it's literally about uh, a, a man whose orchard is failing, his 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 vineyard. Uh, has to go back to France to take care of it, and then it and he tells his family to stay home, uh, but they don't. They come, and then they start to notice that all of the villagers are acting very pagan, and it looks like there's going to be some sort of sacrifice or something at the end of this in order to save the orchard that is the wicker man um (laughs) you know in every way uh except this this literally has deborah kerr is is the wife david niven uh owns the vineyard wow Uh, yeah uh, donald pleasance is one of the ones who is is leading the uh the 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 villagers Uh, the last
1: person you'd expect to act pagan
0: right (laughs) yes (laughs) and then um and then uh, you know supporting roles is david hemmings and sharon tate Uh, and and yeah and and as these these creepy like kids uh Uh, although they're 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 adults but but the the children of 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 this area and and it's it's really unsettling and disturbing it's not really scary in particular very much Hmm. like the wicker man or maybe mm-hmm. i'm immune to to things that are scary but um but it it's a, it's an incredible film and i really think that that folk horror starts here in mm-hmm. particular at mm-hmm. how much the wicker man uh lifted Forest. from it. And, yeah. i mean it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of like paul schrader's uh oh god what was the thing with ethan hawk first right. reformed first reformed is literally bergman's winter light literally
1: mm.
0: i mean mm-hmm. Everything about it is, is Bergman's Winter Light, except for the levitating scene, which is Tarkovsky. So I mean, he just, it's not his film. He just, he watched a lot of Criterion movies and decided, I want to make one. Um, I
1: have a movie. Um, I was going to say, I feel like any movie where you say, and then the villagers get a little pagan is how you know it's a, it's a folk horror film, right? Yes. I, I like th- uh, American Werewolf in London. The villagers get a little pagan and tell them not to go onto the moors right. and... <laughs>
0: right um it, it, it's yeah. You know i I'm, i put it up here and i should know it off the top of my head but um you know def- folk horror definitions rural setting isolation themes of superstition folk religion paganism mm-hmm. sacrifice and the dark aspects of nature i don't like that thing because sometimes i mean nature is nature um yeah. you know it, it's only dark to us because we're fucking with it i probably shouldn't say that but um messing with it um <laughs> mishandling it um it's but i
1: it
0: yes but i i the devil i i recommend that oh, who let me see who, who do i have the director yeah uh, j lee uh, thompson like guns of navarone guy
2: uh-huh.
0: um right um sure yeah he he's death wish i think too but he he did a ton of work i think it was death death wish 3 uh maybe but yeah he, yeah it was
2: one of the it was one of the the particularly his, bad ones the, the end the end of his career care. was, the
0: end of his career was all charles bronson films um mm-hmm.
1: i think death wish 3 is the one with Lawrence fishburn
0: yeah I don't remember. <laughs> <I don't>,
1: he's <laughs> like a bit part in it oh no that's death wish 2 my bad uh death wish 3 nope jeff goldblum was in the original death wish never mind
0: yeah i mean he actually uh he did actually the original cape fear did um and one Ooh. i almost i almost mm-hmm. had here was the reincarnation of peter proud uh, i almost mm. had that one here <laughs> simply because yeah. that that's a, a massachusetts uh film and, and and the lake is Lake nipmunk which is literally like two miles away from here uh, yeah um so and i i haven't seen that in years it is released peter proud uh, and i have it on my shelf over there i just haven't watched it yet yeah
1: this is the second time this month that somebody has mentioned that film to me, so now I have to go see it. Clearly,
0: the Reincarnation of Peter Brod.
1: Yeah, no, I've that's never weird. Heard, never heard of it before this month, and I've heard of it twice this month now. So
0: wow, I mean, I have a to sign.
1: Both.
0: That, that was that was a weird thing yeah. with 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 a lot of like horror movies, um, I, that I really wanted to see as a kid because again because of you know Horror Castle. Um, mm-hmm. And my mother would say, no, you really, you really can't see that. It's like, I wanted to see The Exorcist when it came out in 73. I was 13. She's like, no, no, you can't see it. Here's the book.
1: <laughs> Far less scary.
0: <laughs> Far less scary. Yeah. So it was the same with The Reincarnation, of Peter Proud. Here's the book. Um, <laughs> what's What's that film you just mentioned? the the reincarnation of peter proud no no the the exorcist the exorcist <laughs> yes yeah. before no. really obscure is it is it yeah yeah okay. th- i should Very have, obscure. I, sh- I should have mentioned that one too um i i i i, I, I did i watched the uh, dominion again the other day because of all the the talk of mm. uh of um speaking of paul schrader of all the 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 talk of of the the new exorcist one and boy mm, dominion was really boring like oh my god is that exorcist three
1: <laughs> dominion
0: no no it, it's the prequel so oh ellen scargard plays a young uh oh.
1: i didn't even pay yeah. attention to that yeah i i almost had exorcist three on my list because i was like people give it short shrift so i'm gonna call it obscure <laughs>
0: well i and they shouldn't i i agree uh it's and, so good you know and and we all loved seeing george c scott emote um yes speaking of Patton, this is this is yes. probably his his best performance since Patton uh yeah. in the Exorcist. III. I made that up. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> I he's great in it. He is. I recently um watched it with my mom um because she hadn't seen it before. It has one of the most effective jump scares, even if it's stolen from the shining, um, in my opinion. And uh brad duraf doing some real scenery chewing george c scott doing some real scenery chewing it's fascinating um
0: was that after the shining
1: oh i'm pretty sure let me look maybe maybe stanley kubrick stole it from william peter are we talking about exorcist
2: three yeah Yeah, i'm
1: pretty sure oh
2: yeah long after the shining at least oh yeah it was
1: 1990
2: that was 1990 Wow! according
0: okay. to this oh, that, according to right. the
1: internet the internet well always right. george
0: c scott looked pretty good because he always looks like an old man i don't can't think of when he ever looked young
1: <laughs> he was doing good yeah no Patton, old
2: you know the, the uh you know we were talking about uh how donald sutherland uh is just lends his creepy presence and you were rattling off the list of names in this film and i thought david niven not somebody i would associate (laughs) with horror ever no i have to go see if he was in any other horror films well well that's i thought you were gonna say david
1: niven scares you
0: (laughs) that's that's perfect casting for this that's why this works because Hmm. he he and you know and he's an aristocrat i mean he owns this 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 vineyard Mm -hmm. and there's a castle i mean it's a perfect david niven role except there's this dark underside to this and he doesn't play towards it He, he plays it like david niven which mm-hmm. keeps you off guard I mean it, it works really well I mean Deborah Kerr mm-hmm. this is the same role like as like the innocents I mean she's just seeing these things happening and 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 you know what's going on here um but I mean she's great yeah. in
1: it. I was gravitating towards the other David David Hemming
0: oh it. yes mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. he's he's somebody that I think is underrated from like 60s and 70s film like him is Mordred and Camelot like how yeah. how like as a as a bastard child i've never i'm putting that in like flying air quotes i don't you know um <laughs> he is so off-putting and um sinister in that movie as like just like oh you abandoned me as a child so i'm about to like mess your world up um and like you know he's competing again with a red grave um, is that Vanessa Redgrave or is that Lynn in that one? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and Richard Harris, and Christ. he's like stands out in your mind. I mean, you're competing with two immense scenery chewers and Franco Nero, come on. And he's like the character that stands out, and he's so, oh, he's so good. He also has a record if anybody wants to give it a listen.
0: D- David Hemmings? Yeah. I thought you were gonna mention Richard Harris because we were just talking about that. Oh
1: yes, you and I were talking about, <laughs> about that.
0: MacArthur we, Park. Um, we
1: love that. We and love that, that whole record. album.
0: The whole, that album. whole
1: album is great.
0: It, it I'm is. pretty
1: sure.
0: Yeah, I'm David Hemmings sure he... is interesting. I mean, obviously, every you know, may I shouldn't say everyone knows, but blow up is mm-hmm. the one that I think comes to everyone's mind, the Antonio mm-hmm. film. Um, but mm-hmm. late years later he did a, and again this is PBS. I saw I saw this. Uh, i i love like um spy things like Tinker taylor soldier spy um and, and and i don't remember the name of it it was a two-parter but it, he played a, a tired old british agent trying to coax someone um to come over from from the soviet side mm-hmm. uh and the ending I and mean, it was just one of the most brilliant spy things i've ever seen i'll i'll i'll, I'll look it up and i'll i'll posted here afterwards but it was he He was great in it and i think he might have even produced it He he's an interesting interesting uh actor in, in career and mm-hmm. now i have to get his record
1: yeah it's david hemmings happens and it's folk pop so right up your alley
0: skip okay yeah yes right folk pop i don't know what that would even, <laughs> that would even be like the youngbloods or something um yeah
1: he was a child soprano in the English opera group before he became an actor. So there you go.
0: Wow. No, he, but he's he's definitely unsettling in uh, Eye of the Devil*. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. As is Sharon Tate. Um, the what they what what they're kind of doing around children and it is a little creepy. And I believe that is also on Prime. It is. Oh, it's on a lot of platforms. So you can see that. <laughs> you can see that anywhere.
2: All right. Well, I, I before I, I went, I just looked up, and my third choice is also in the Criterion collection. So um, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't realize. But this and this one is probably the most would be the most controversial as an obscure film. I, I just think it's a film that lots of people have heard of, and not a lot of people have seen. Um, at least that was the case for me up until about a week ago. I had never seen. Peeping Tom Michael Powell's film oh. from 1960. uh and uh I had as as a a uh, uh, horny teenager growing up in the 80s I had heard about this film and had a conception of what it probably was and uh <laughs> uh really wanted to see it at the time because I thought you know Peeping Tom there's it's gonna be a lot of scantily clad women. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert, that's not really what it is. There's a little bit of that. Spoiled uh,
1: again. <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, I found it amazing. This film was released about three months after Psycho. And uh, I, I think I like keeping Tom better. Uh, mm-hmm. it, Interesting. In, in, yeah. It, Interesting. In a lot of ways, it, it feels like the precursor to the slasher films of the 80s. But one of the things I really like about it is the way it it really implicates the audience and all of us who are who love horror films. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like it's uh, it, it's it the way the way he films it and 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 the way that that the killer is uh, an aspiring director. Um, we see a lot of what happens through his eyes, uh, and I also love the way Michael Powell plays upon his history as a filmmaker. There's a, just an amazing scene with Moira Shearer, who was in the Red Shoes, which he directed, uh, which starts out as like a pretty standard musical, you know, a 50s, 60s musical dance scene um, before she becomes his uh, latest victim. Uh, I just, I, I I found the whole thing amazing. And I think... Um, Although every a lot of people have heard about it, maybe people have not seen it. So I wanted to mention it.
0: Yeah, I I think it's out of print on Criterion, so you can't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so it's still very obscure, and I think it ruined Michael Powell's career.
2: It did. Yeah, I read that. Uh,
0: I it, it kind it was... of ended it for him, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I always I always laugh. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I kept thinking, you know, as the cameras coming in, move. Like just move.
2: <laughs> don't well, stay they, they, don't
0: stay on your mark. <laughs> move.
2: Just another way that it was a precursor for the modern slasher film.
0: Exactly. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's like Don't wow. run up the stairs. Right. I, don't you know, go in
1: the house. You know, yeah. Just
0: just falling back on the bed.
1: No, no, no. It's,
0: there's plenty of room to move um <laughs> she really They're wanted
1: professionals skip they really They're wanted that close-up
0: they loved that yeah. close-up um mm-hmm. but it, it it you're right though about about how it, it it puts the audience uh keeps the audience in check about what we watch mm-hmm. and I, and i think later obviously funny games is the one mm-hmm. that 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 really de, you know define that i mean that changed everything that's another great movie uh probably could have been put on this list yeah that but actually
1: leads really well into my next film okay right. so my next film is michael Hankey.
0: all right uh, hey
1: <laughs> but i went with one of his earlier films that i i always had a hard time refinding after i saw it so i thought it might fit here which is the seventh continent um and another movie that i saw and disturbed me deeply um, it is about a family who um, decides that it's a it's a totally bleak existential nihilist film. This this these two this family these mother father and daughter um, the parents are like you know what what's the point of living there's no we're just hustling going in day in day out and um, no we're good so they decide they're going to kill themselves leave the daughter with her grandmother and everything. The daughter's probably nine ten and she finds out that they're planning to do this and says no i'm good take me with you too and uh the rest of the movie is them systematically destroying their lives and then themselves and the part i remember is the last um like 10 minutes of the film after the wife and the daughter have it's there's no spoiler they go through with like it's just it's it is it is what it says on the box um the wife and the daughter are have poisoned themselves and are dying and the sound is just the sound of their like aspirating breathing as the father's like finishing stuff up around the house and it's it's a movie that's not it's like every michael Hanke movie where it's like slice of life but how horrific life is to people and um I'd consider it obscure because i feel like that's not the movie people talk about of his it is available to watch on criterion streaming right now i think you can probably buy it as part of their trilogy of his but it's um you know if you're not if you're not up for a full funny game session maybe the seventh continent <laughs> is the place to start um but it is one of those films that you just watch and you're just like well i need some valium maybe a whiskey maybe some weed your drug of choice and then go watch a will ferrell movie because (laughs) you're done you're done thinking for the day it's a lot (laughs) but it is truly horrific i think in its message and in what it says about humanity and people and existence so
0: so you watch will ferrell to to just continue the dread
1: yeah yeah (laughs) I'm like, let's do some Talladega Nights to really bring me out of this existential existential funk. And that would then actually I'm like, drive me deeper, oh. I think. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh, but people make these movies.
0: <laughs> I, I I had never heard of this movie, that you really? Yeah, I did so it. I did I I, it. <laughs> I am so looking forward to to finding that now. Yeah, uh, I, and I love his work. Um, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know what that fantastic. says about me, but. Um, uh, you know what white ribbon in, in particular you know mm. is so yeah um good because uh, you know it, at the end when you you understand okay it's the beginning of world war one you then realize that all of these kids are going to grow up to be nazis um mm-hmm. which is just you know not, then you go mm-hmm. that's why they're behaving this way they already have no yeah. moral compass um that's what it, happens during a world war we'll uh, it, it's his, his work is, uh, and he might even be obscure to a lot of people. So I, I'm glad you brought mm. him up. Um, and that does just sound, I mean, I can't think of the name of the one with, um, with the, the camera, with, the, you know, the family gets the, the videotape of someone watching them. Oh. Uh, uh and, and it's also on Criterion. Um, yeah. but the ending of that, it it sounds similar to the ending of this, which is just, mm-hmm uh he can uh, compound dread i think yeah uh i don't know that yeah no does it better
1: he he yeah, really as is, you were yeah
2: uh, i was gonna say as you were describing that i think one of the most horrifying and terrifying things it in a movie is when something pretty mundane is going on in the foreground while something horrible is happening just off screen or in the background. Um, It sounded very similar to what you were describing with the raspy breathing. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that sounds, it's perfect, unsettling way to end the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like, it really isn't a spoiler because I feel like that's most of Michael Haneke's films is he's like, Hey, we're going to do a thing where we torture people now. And you're like, (laughs) okay. And then he's like, and then I tortured people. And you were like, Oh, Thanks, Michael Hankey. Yeah.
0: Again, um,
1: <laughs> every time with you.
0: Feel like that Rocky skip the film you were. Yes, referring
2: good. to his cachet.
0: Yes, yes,
1: that's what I was gonna. I was just looking it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gr- great yeah. movie. Great movie. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and then the ending of that, I won't spoil it, but it, it's just oh, um, there it is. Uh yeah. okay. So for my final one, I I, I moved out of uh, the sixties, believe it or not. um uh i am doing the eyes of my mother which came out in 2016 Hmm. um i'll read the synopsis in in their secluded farmhouse a mother former surgeon teaches her daughter francesca anatomy and how life and death are not to be feared one afternoon a mysterious visitor shadows uh the family life and and deeply traumatizes francesca but also awakens some curiosities Uh, Years later, she clings to her increasingly distant father, but the traumas she sustained reawakens when her desire to connect to the world around her takes on a dark form. It's such an incredible movie. It's black and white. It came out in in 2016. It's some of the the most gorgeous cinematography I, I, I have ever seen, and she, you know, because her mother was distant to her. Her father, um, you know, died. It looks like a Alzheimer's in it. Uh, and she's just secluded this whole time and her her desire to connect to people, um, uh, outside of the, the trauma and I, I the, the trauma, I don't think it's a big spoiler because it happened so early is that her, her mother is murdered in the house. Um, so she's, she just wants a family, uh, and, the way she goes about getting a family and the people who uh don't want to be part of it and her her skills mm-hmm. at dissecting uh are incredible but 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 it's it's in black and white uh, so even those scenes are incredibly gorgeous and uh, it's from the beginning, no matter how horrific she she becomes, you have a certain amount of empathy for her. Because you've seen what she's gone through. It and, and and I think that's such a skillful way to tell a story. I don't I don't know that too many people can do that. I always I always go back to the end of, of Clockwork Orange, when when he's Malcolm McDowell's character is being tortured by by the government, and you start to feel bad for him after everything mm-hmm. you've seen him do, everything you've witnessed, and you're like, how why I should not feel this way for this man. But you're kind of rooting for him at the end. Which, which is you know that's Kubrick's uh, uh genius behind that uh the director of this is is Nicholas uh, pesky I think he's only made like three movies um and and it, this this is uh, uh I think a modern day masterpiece in horror uh and I don't know really that that many people have seen it it's been released by magnet so that's not even a a, ah. large, a large um distribution company yeah. But it, it's, it's stunning. It is a stunning film and, and and beautifully told and horrifying at the same time.
1: Well, I think the thing that you're mentioning with both of Clockwork Orange and this is that it's people who are, it, in this case, it sounds like somebody who's fighting against the human condition, which is why you understand why she goes. And, and she's been raised in a specific way, which is why she goes against, way, against life the way she does. And I feel like in Clothwork RNG you wind up rooting for him because he's being, yes, he's a horrible person, but then he basically gets trampled on by the man, right? Like the government and, um, you know, granted he's white, but systematic um, uh, jailing for something. And I feel like that's that's part of what you get you get there is you're just like oh yeah no these things are very are, are worse somehow <laughs> you know like like government control and torture is significantly worse than one-on-one rape and torture somehow you know like it i feel like it's it's almost like kubrick's like yeah he's bad but this is worse you know and whether you agree with that or not the way it's presented is is that's the kubrick genius but i feel like he offers you an interesting, worse alternative, that a lot yeah, of people it, would agree with.
0: And 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 he pushed that character so far to the the evil side initially that he even ruined "Singing in the Rain." Like, why would you ruin that song? <laughs> oh, I like that, that...
1: version better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't. Um, uh, I, I I love "Singing in the Rain." We should do a musical uh, one at some point. Yes, because you you mentioned yes. Camelot too. Um, yes i and, love musicals and the wicker man, and the wicker um, man. <laughs> uh it, it, it's yeah the, this movie have, have either of you seen this no nope. i've Money? heard
1: of it but i haven't seen it
0: yeah. yeah i i don't uh you can watch it for free on prime um hey so uh I, check it out because it it it's an incredible um piece of work and and uh, and i needed to do something more modern than the 60s um for mine i mean and i skipped over the 70s which has so many uh and 80s 80s also has a ton of of obscure but i was i I hate to say this and this is this is one of those unpopular Mm -hmm. opinions not a fan of 80s horror yeah um yeah i agree
1: well i i I did the 70s and 80s today i think Mm -hmm. though the seventh continent might be 90s but
2: i don't remember skip can i mention one bonus pick that yeah it'll be the most obscure horror film that we mentioned on this podcast and yes. i just wanted to mention it because i think maybe only skip and i have have seen this um uh, maybe andrea i'm not sure but um uh, at the shauna shea film festival this year we had a film called fang richard bergen uh directed it uh he he is uh uh, uh uh he wrote and directed it he's a he's a man who uh is on the autism spectrum and the film is about that experience it's about a, a man who is uh bitten by a rat and begins to uh turn into a rat sounds like a very standard kind of horror presence but where he uh, uh, uh horror um uh, uh, premise but where he goes with it is very uh unusual and definitely gets you into the head of of uh somebody who's head maybe we haven't explored in films uh Mm -hmm. so uh, i highly recommend it and i'm mentioning it because we found out this week that it's on vimeo so you can Ah. actually watch it
0: yep it it, he uh self-distributing a bold move um and uh but you know with with what uh, people often get in distribution deals you know, I, maybe this, not so much. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe this is the wise move, uh, for some. Um, and, and it, it's, uh, you know, the Shawna Shea Film Festivals. I'm, I think I got it wrong. I think it's twelve years, thirteen years. I don't even I should remember how off. Very rarely has anything pretty much swept the awards. You know that this, this is this is like the the you know cuckoo's nest of, of Shauna Shea Film Festival <laughs> awards. You know those little pink plastic trophies uh that everyone clamors for um because that will get you a, a large distribution deal with no one um
1: hey but, i but, have but, all of mine on a shelf okay but
0: <laughs> but, but uh it, it it's it swept it, it it got best genre feature best director and two best performances by Excellent. by Dylan LeMay and Lynn Lowry uh and it, it is uh like one of Lynn's best performances, um, and wow. it, it's incredible. In fact, I was just at a yeah. Monster Expo with Lynn, and we were talking yeah. about it and her experience is, there.
1: Oh, fantastic! Is it is it available for purchase on Vimeo? Yes. Okay, excellent, great. Because I was like, if not, how can we give them money? <laughs> this person money? <laughs> yeah,
0: it, yeah, it it it's a, it, and I think it's only like three ninety nine, um, yes. so. It, 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 it's, it's a good price and and um i know i think i posted it personally on on facebook mm-hmm. but i should probably post it under the the shauna shay film festival yeah. uh one as well just to, to give him a hand because uh, self-distribution is is i mean all of it's daunting um because now now you're the sole person marketing yeah. um and that that's where that's where all of this comes in i mean where it's you know we could we could go on and on about we're like real obscure th- things that we show at at at, yeah. at, at our film festivals or
1: mm-hmm.
0: in almost any you know second third fourth fifth horror film festival tier or mm-hmm. or just general film festival tier um these are things that, that people have you know put their heart and soul in uh, and that sometimes the only place you'll see it will be at, at one of these smaller film festivals. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know there's uh, because it's it's technology with technology, it's easier to make a film. Um, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you'll make a good one, but it's easier to make one um, that so many people are making them. And yeah. then so so shouting out you know from from that crowd to be to be heard and seen, is difficult so i i'm happy that you brought that up so we can give richard a a a bump and and hopefully people will check out thing because it's it's totally worth it so we will see everyone next time episode 1 when we actually discuss creating dangerously um we're going to look a lot younger than we do now because it was so <laughs> long ago um you yeah, computers did exist but you know they might be a little wonky um And uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you.
2: May I have your attention, please? I think you all remember the bargain we made about staying all night.
0: No such deal, Vincent. Go home. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Our opening and closing themes are by Shane Ivers, Creating Dangerously, a monthly podcast, is a production of the Shauna Ishay Memorial Foundation, Inc., a 501 charitable organization. All views and opinions expressed in Creating Dangerously are not necessarily those of the Shauna Foundation and its affiliates. Not that we have any. They are only the opinions of the hosts and the guests. See you next month, and remember keep creating dangerously.